lunch. Good morning, Sac City. Welcome in to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful October 10th morning here in the city. Episode 97 is about to kick off. We had a lot of action last night and yesterday in week five of football that we are going to recap game by game by game for your viewing pleasure, uh, your team, your way, the way you like it. Uh, we'll have those recaps coming up in a little bit. Uh, we've also got some morning headlines, some injury reports, uh, as well as a little brief week five review. Aaron, how was your Sunday? It was good, man. First day off in a while. Um was able to just sit down and actually watch all the games and relax and talk some shit and uh, watch my fantasy teams do well for the first time in probably all season. So, yeah, it was good. For, yeah, that's – I know the struggle of having a struggling fantasy team after my last year's start of 0-4, but I can't say I'm having the same situation this year because I am now 4-1 and one in the Sac City League. 4-1, and one, just to let you guys know. I'm not sure if you guys were aware of that, but I think <laughs> – um four and one feels good uh but yesterday was a up and down day in terms of sports obviously getting the win in fantasy was great but seeing my jaguars and Mets fall yesterday was not so great um but today is a day where we're going to pick ourselves up and the only way to start the day by picking us ourselves up you know you know what i'm saying the only way to do it to pick ourselves up on a monday like this is by dropping a little morning headline ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Week five Sunday football has come and gone, but not without some controversy yesterday in the Falcons Buccaneers game. Uh, Brady Jarrett had this sack on Tom Brady that was called roughing the passer pivotal point in this game. Uh, and this, I mean, this is just something that it needs to be discussed, especially here in our morning headlines, because Obviously, it didn't look like roughing the passer at, to most, but maybe you have a different point of view or maybe you have some things to say about this incident. Well, I don't necessarily have things to say. I, 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 I'm, I'm consistent, okay? This is, this is who I am. I'm the consistent one. I, I never really change my stance on, on things unless it deserves to be changed. Um, I don't make excuses. It, it just is what it is. Uh, but I'm going to say this. That was a terrible call. I mean, absolutely egregious. It was one of those things where you look at a, a Hall of Fame quarterback getting sacked late in the game on third down. The Falcons are getting the ball back with a chance to go and win the game because they you know, got the touchdown, got the two-point conversion. So they're only down six. They're going to have an opportunity to win the game with plenty of time. And you make a call like that. I don't know what goes through the referee's mind. I don't know what they see. There was nothing here. That's a normal tackle. He didn't He didn't really fling him down to the ground. He didn't really hit him below the waist. He didn't hit him in the head. He just happened to hit Tom Brady. And I thought Grady Jarrett deserved more respect than that. However, Falcons fans, um, I am consistent when I say this. I, I don't want to hear the crying about the officials and how they cost you a game. I, I, I've done this before. Um, one call does not change the entire game. You still only scored 14 points all game. What makes me think you're going to go down and score another touchdown 
on Tampa Bay's defense. I don't know that that's going to happen. So, yes, did it cost you an opportunity to have a chance to possibly win the game? Perhaps. Yes, it did. But um, I don't want to sit here today and and make the excuse of, oh, well, that's the reason the Falcons didn't win the game. They were going to win the game. No, you don't know they were going to win the game. They would have had an opportunity to go and win the game. So um, I have a little bit of mixed feelings today because I, I do know it was an egregious call and it was terrible. And the excuse that the referee came up with after the game, instead of owning it and being transparent and saying, hey, that was a bad call. He said, oh, well, he, un what did he say? He said, uh, unnecessarily flung him to the ground. No, he made a tackle. Like every other tackle that goes on in the NFL. In, in especially yesterday, almost around the same time, Trayvon Walker from the Jaguars, like massacred Davis Mills an unnecessary penalty threw him down to the ground, like, like drastically threw him down to the ground. Uh, that is roughing the passer. This was exactly textbook, how you want to hit a quarterback. Like he's the only way you can hit a quarterback. I mean, exactly. Matt Stafford was getting destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys defense and nobody said anything about roughing the passer in that game. Um, this was an unfortunate call by Jerome Boger and their their crew, um, and I'm sure it's going to be looked at uh, by multiple people. Um, you know, it, it's tough for Atlanta, but yeah, it, but that's the thing on. you don't you don't want to like it. We cannot blame the law. Like that's what I, that's the one thing, and I I see where you're coming from with this. Is like you're having mixed feelings because you don't like this was a terrible call and it deserves to be harped on. It deserves to have some recognition. It deserves to be brought up and uh, looked into. Um, but also the fact that you don't lose a game on one call. It's a 60 minute game. And this is one of the reasons, this is one of the things that I like about you. And this is why you can be my best friend uh, because we're on the same wavelength when it's like, if there's a bad call or one bad play or something like that, just, uh Oh, uh oh, he's gone. He's left me. But what I'm saying though is, when there's one bad play, one bad call, one bad something in a game, it, it, that does not lose you the game. It does not. And people have have a time and go way too far when it comes to saying, "Oh, that cost them the game." It didn't, Falcons fans. Sorry, it didn't. Correct. Everything Vinny just said is correct. Hopefully, you didn't make me look like an asshole. No, 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 I didn't. No, I, I know. I, I heard. I heard you. I heard oh, okay. your and I was just messaging. Oh, you're good. You're good. But uh, so yeah, that's the first bit of news that we we need to discuss. The other bit of news, uh, the other big headline, I should say, uh, that we need to discuss is in last night's game between the Arizona Cardinals and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles won by just a field goal, and uh, after the game, and it was their new their new kicker, um, the Cardinals' new kicker. And coming in for Matt Prater was Matt Amendola, correct? That's the last name. Am I getting this right? Yeah. Matt Amendola, who's now on his third team this season. It's He's been going through some, some trials and tribulations this year. He's back and forth, back and forth, up and down, up and down. He misses this field goal at the end of the game. And everyone's losing their absolute shit over it. And what happens? Their teammates come and pick him up. Well, I've been able to score. It's not on one fucking guy. Everyone's waiting around for one guy to come back here. This fucking ain't right. It's not right. All right? It's not on one fucking guy. You're just fucking head over your wing. You said. Well, you want to see, right, Aaron? 
Yeah, I mean, look, as a member, as a member of the media, that the whole thing came about because nobody in the media really wanted to talk to anybody in, in the Arizona Cardinals. They were basically waiting for the kicker to come back and get out there to talk so they can start asking him questions about why he missed the kick and all that stuff. Um, and as a member of the media, like that's not my style. I know they have a job to do. I understand that they have to report news and they want to get sound bites and they got to report to people in big markets and, you know, they want the clicks and all the, all that stuff. I, I get it. So I, I'm not knocking the media for doing their job, but that's just not my, my not my thing. I don't like that. Um, but to watch a teammate, an offensive lineman come out and say the things that are true, say the things that nobody ever wants to recognize. Nobody wants to talk about all the other things that went on in that game to lead up to the missed opportunity of a kick. Uh, they want to talk about what the final play is that they feel cost in the game. Um, and Justin Pugh is right. Like it's not that kick didn't do it. At the end of the day, that kick didn't mean anything because all it does was tie the game there. I believe maybe it maybe it puts them ahead one. Maybe they win the game. There. It ties the game. It ties. I the believe game. it just ties the game. They go to overtime. They still can't stop Philly. So, yeah. it, what about like I would have been more asking the question of Cliff Kingsbury. Like, why in God's green earth are you not more prepared on third down and telling Kyler Murray that you can't spike the ball there? that you have to try to run a player. You have to make sure you get the first down. Or why isn't Kyler Murray as the quarterback, who's the leader of the team, knowing that, that you can't yeah. just spike the ball there and settle for that 43-yard field goal when you had plenty of time left? There was still, I believe, 22 seconds when they spiked that ball. They could have taken their time and figured out what they wanted to do uh, before making that call. So, yeah. and, and then not to mention the fact that they played, they didn't play well pretty much the entire game. They made a lot of mistakes. Uh, defensively they played legit like their defense played pretty good for the most part of that game and kept them in it but offensively they still continue to struggle why don't we talk about those things why do we consistently want to talk about the one play at the end of the game that everybody thinks cost them the game when in reality that was just a microcosm of what the game actually was them not being prepared uh, being out coached uh not knowing situational football, that is what is wrong with the Arizona Cardinals. It's because we were picking and choosing when we want to criticize certain things. And yesterday was not the day to criticize a kicker for missing a 43-yard field goal to tie the game. It was more about why is this team unprepared in all aspects of the game of football. So uh, shout out to, to Jordan Pugh for coming out and um, recognizing that and you know coming to the defense of his kicker. Yes, the kickers miss kicks. They also make kicks. And they also win games for teams. And we don't ever – and you know what we do after a kicker makes a kick when, when they win the game? Outside of Justin Tucker, because he's so damn popular yeah. and good, you know who we go and talk to? We go talk to the quarterback. The quarterback. What a great comeback yeah. win. What We're a great comeback on. win. Yep. How'd you guys do it? Nice drive at the end. You don't go waiting for the kicker to say, hey, you, you won this game for your team. So why can't we be consistent in the fact that if you're going to give them the blame, then give them the credit when they're doing their job. So – uh, it bothers me, and I wanted to highlight that just because it gets annoying game after game. We we want to pick and choose who we who we're giving credit to, and when you win, it's the quarterback. When you lose, it's the kicker. That's not that's not cool with me. That's 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 stupid. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, like they're waiting. They were waiting for him, and they're not waiting for him any other time but that time. And it's and and shout out Justin Pugh, like you said, uh, for coming up in defense for his kicker. And and it's not easy. It's really not easy being a kicker. As much as we say, like we we push aside kickers. Um, it, it's really, it's not easy for, for, well, for kickers. And, they're useless. And that's why they miss well, kicks. <laughs> well, stop. No, I mean, but, but no, really no, like disrespect there, there, you can't find a perfect one unless your name is no. Justin Tucker. Yeah. So that, if you're, if you're not Justin Tucker, 
you you are expecting miss miss kicks that's just just expect it that's that's how it is. That's how it is. Uh, we'll have more on that game coming up in a little bit. That does though for our morning headlines. Get it? Let's get into our injury report. Oh my lord! Yeah, I went all out today in today's injury report teams because there are some big names i'm not going to go crazy and explain them all but i am going to list a significant amount of names here there are a ton of injuries and you know we're getting into the middle of the season almost and you know it's 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 gonna start getting bad um running back problems in arizona james connor and daryl williams both left the game it was all eno benjamin and uh they're we're not sure ribs for james connor he already was nursing that ankle injury and it's a need for daryl williams uh, a lot of question marks in that backfield going forward. Marcus Williams will miss some time with the Ravens. He dislocated his wrist. Um, he had been playing pretty well to start the year. Carolina Panthers fans, this might make you happy. Baker Mayfield was wearing a walking boot. <laughs> um, so who knows? Not sure exactly what it is. He'll have to examine it today. Uh, JC Horn also left with a hip injury and did not return. That's tough because their secondary was play playing really well. T. Higgins left with that ankle injury that was they were sure he was even going to play. He couldn't continue to go on it, so he left. Denzel Ward had a concussion in the Chargers game. He was ruled out. No new concussion protocols might uh, cause some more problems trying to get back on the field. Uh, so we'll see how long he's out. Dalton Schultz, Schultz left Dallas. He was already suffering from a knee injury. He continues to have that knee problem. Uh, scary sight in Detroit. Savion Smith, he was taken to the hospital. Um, it's always crazy when you see somebody call for somebody's dad out of the stands uh and to ride in the ambulance with them so uh he was taken to the hospital after being injured in the in the first quarter against the patriots so scary sight there hoping for for the best there uh christian watson we talked about this a little bit yesterday disappointing a hamstring injury in london um on the sideline again uh more room for romeo dobbs to come in there and get some playing time jaguars lost kb on chase on and ben barch they did not return to the game both with knee injuries Teddy Bridgewater, very early in this one, went to concussion protocol and an elbow injury. Um, he was ruled out. He was ruled out because of the concussion. Skylar Thompson came in. They also lost Teron Armstead and Tyreek Hill in this game. Um, both did not return. So some questions in Miami, and there's definitely going to be some movement in our power rankings this week um, up at the top. So keep, uh, keep your eye on that. Uh, New England Patriots lost Damian Harris to, to a hamstring injury. I expect Ramondre Stevenson to kind of take over that workload there. Nelson Aguilar did also left with a hamstring injury. And then Jonathan Jones, their top corner. Chris Olave, we saw, everybody saw this concussion. Uh, caught a touchdown, but was knocked out almost cold. Um, he left the game. Uh, he did not return again. Same thing with the concussion protocol. Saquon left, but came back in the Giants game. They did lose a Dory Jackson for the rest of the game. However, with the knee injury. Jets lost Jermaine Johnson with an ankle injury. Pittsburgh Steelers, after the tough one against the Buffalo Bills, they lose Larry Ogunjobi, Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton, and Pat Fryermuth all leave this game. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are hurt. They, this is just not a good football team, and now they're losing their best players. Same can be said about the 49ers. They are a good football team, but big-time losses on that defense. Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, and Nick Bosa all ruled out and all look like it's going to be some significant time that they're missing. Emmanuel Mosley suffered may, potentially a torn ACL. Nick Bosa has a growing injury, and Jimmy Ward broke his hand. So um, big-time injuries there. They also lost their kicker uh, to a knee contusion. But 
who, who cares? Um, it's a kicker. And Seattle, we, we talked about it yesterday. Finney's all in my chat about waiver wires and adding Ken Walker and blah, blah, blah. Rashad Penny, serious ankle injury. He broke his, his tibia. Um, he's probably done for the year, I'll be honest. Uh, Ken Walker should take over that backfield. Expect some DJ Dallas. Expect some Travis Homer mixed in there. Um, but tough loss for Rashad Penny. He continues to suffer through injuries. And Carlton Davis and Sean Mur Murphy bunting in the secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hip injury did not come back and a quad injury. So they have some more injuries banged up in that secondary. And I am out of breath because there are so many damn injuries in the NFL. I don't know how many I missed, but those were the big ones that came to mind. And uh, yeah, just, just understand your team's dealing with injuries. I don't want to hear any excuses. I, matter of fact, I'm going to call somebody out. He may or may not watch our show. I don't care. He's been on our show before. Mr. Mr. Sheriff Joe. Mr. Oh. Sheriff Joe. And I was going to oh. wait to do this till the, the, our recap for the Cowboys, Cowboys Rams. But I saw a Facebook post this morning. And he's talking about, oh, I thought I would be more disappointed. But with all the injury, this ain't about injuries. This is not about injuries. Every team has injuries. You got beat by a team with a backup quarterback, with a quarterback who's made now five starts in the NFL. Yes, he's 5-0, but you got the ball ran down your throat on defense. You couldn't stop. They didn't even have to pass. They, didn't have, they just ran, here, Pollard, here, Zeke, here, Pollard, here, Zeke. They just ran the ball right at you. And the defense absolutely ate the Rams for lunch. So, Sheriff Joe, I don't want to hear we're banged up. We're banged up on the offensive line. You didn't have a good offensive line coming into this season. We talked about it preseason. Go check out our preview season preview show. When you lose an Andrew Whitworth and there's some question marks up front, Logan Bruss, all these guys are gone now and you're trying to makeshift an offensive line and then you don't have the weapons on the outside of an Odell and a Van Jefferson. What are you going to do? You're the Los Angeles Cooper Cups and it doesn't work. So I don't want to hear no excuses about injuries. You got Matt Stafford. You got Cooper Cup. You have Allen Robinson who you paid. You have Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Where was all the weapons? Where was all the weapons? Because all I know is Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Dorrance Armstrong and those boys, they ate Stafford for lunch and he looked like he had been through a car accident by the time we were done with him. Um, sorry, Sheriff Joe, but I'm not buying the, we're not Coming healthy. After him. We're not healthy. We're, we're okay. We'll be all right. We're not, no, nah, I don't buy it. Every team has injuries. No excuses. Coming after him. I can't wait to talk about that game uh, in a little bit. That's something that's going to be a hot, hot game in our game recaps. Um, but let's let's kind of look every look at everything as a whole. And I just want to bring up some notes here as we close out morning headlines and the injury report. Uh, I'm not sure if you if you mentioned this in, in regards to the Baker Mayfield uh, injury report, but we did get word uh, just before showtime uh, that he did have x-rays on his foot following the game and they came out negative. Uh, he will have that MRI today to determine what's going on. I'm not sure if you mentioned that or not. Um, and that on the injury side of things. And then also on the morning headlines that I never brought up and I should have, uh, the Atlanta Falcons traded linebacker Deion Jones uh, to the Cleveland Browns. When a few years ago when the Brown or when the Falcons were going through this new ownership, new new leadership, new regime, there were a few contracts on the books that they really had were were under. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Deion Jones. All three of those contracts are now gone. Atlanta has started this rebuild or not. Or re Atlanta is continuing this rebuild now getting off their final big, big, big contract 
that uh, that they needed to get off. And now he's headed to Cleveland. A nice addition to the linebacking group in uh, for the Browns. Uh, who we'll IR. talk about what? He's on IR. Is he is he not coming back anytime soon? <laughs> not anytime soon. No, oh, well, it's a good move. It's a good move for the Falcons to dump him, and then it's uh, it's a move for the Browns. It's just a move for the Browns. But uh, that does it for morning headlines and our injury report. Uh, let's get into some week five talk, Aaron. It was a good week five of football. Lots of teams battling it out. Lots of teams blowing it. Lots of teams coming back. What did we learn from week five? We still don't know. <laughs> That's what I learned. We still do not know. Um, I, I, I'll say. I'll say this. There is still only four to five teams that I feel like can win the Super Bowl. Um, and it's make it's becoming more clear every week by the teams that are struggling and the teams that are struggling against. We talked about how bad of a matchup it was for the Browns or for the Chargers against the Browns. It played out that way. And Cleveland had an opportunity to win that game late and they choked and uh, probably should have won that game. But it continues to show me the Chargers are not ready. Um, a team that we thought could win the Super Bowl just a few weeks ago. Miami Dolphins could win a Super Bowl, maybe. Well, not with all the they're banged up, too, but they don't look very good defensively. They're getting ran through by the New York Jets. So that I, I said this before the game and I get it. Teddy Bridgewater was in there and then Skylar Thompson. But I'm not worried about their offense. But now I'm worried about their defense. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl. There are literally five teams, maybe. We'll still question Tampa Bay because they've looked, but they're winning. They're, they're, they got some wins. They're questionable. Green Bay loses to New York. Can we sit here and say outside of Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, what are Philly? Baltimore may be, may, may be a maybe at this point. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Baltimore can win a Super Bowl. I'm I'm confident in that. And and the reason I say that is, you know, like the games they've lost, they've they've handed they've handed the game to the other team. I mean, even in the Buffalo, I mean, you lose to Buffalo, it's okay. But the Miami Dolphin game, they basically handed the game, giving blowing yeah. a 28 point lead. I don't expect that from the Baltimore Ravens, and that's I guess that's where I'm going. Like when you look at these teams, like everybody has flaws, like massive flaws, not just small things you can overcome, massive flaws. Right now, the, the top five teams in the NFL to me, um, I'm not going to tell you them, but those are probably <laughs> the only teams that can win the Super Bowl. And I'm telling you this week, there will be some huge shakeups in my power rankings. Ooh, another back-to-back -back weeks of shakeups here. I like it. I huge like shake it. Up. Okay. All right. It's, I like, it's, I, I, so that's my biggest takeaway is, like, there's a lot of blah football teams. Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota's and, four and one. Minnesota's four and one. Did you watch that Bears game and say that's a Super Bowl team? No. Then that's the thing. <laughs> I that's that's the thing. And and at some point in this week, I kind of want to dive into that. Like, which whose team's records are true and whose team's records are not. Well, of course, we'll dive into that more and more when we get into our game by game recaps. Um, but our power ranking show on Wednesday, live at ten a.m. Eastern time on on YouTube, uh, we'll have a lot of shakeups. You say so. Uh, that's must see TV. After with what we learned from week five, who do you think the biggest let's, let's start off bad. Let's start off bad and end with the good. Who's the biggest loser from week five. Uh, I'm going to, this is, this is twofold. And I'm going to tell you, it's the same. My biggest winner and my biggest loser is the same game. Oh, my biggest loser is the green Bay Packers. 
Okay. The Green Bay Packers go to London, and I get it. It's London. You travel across the pond. Vinny likes to say anything is possible in London. And it happened. I don't care. You don't get the excuse of saying I'm in London. I can play like crap. And then you go up big in this game and fail to be able to move the ball late. This, for whatever reason, the Packers' offense does not seem to be clicking. We could blame it on the running game, them not running the ball enough. We can blame Aaron Rodgers. We can blame the receivers. It's just not working. It's not It's not clicking the way it needs to click. And Aaron Rodgers came out and said this. He said, like, everybody's okay with, like, they're, they're kind of making jokes about, it. like, oh, we're going to lose to the, like, I guess um, Jair Alexander made a joke about lo- losing to the Jets. And, and Aaron Rodgers is like, why are we even talking about, like, why are we even going through this kind of stuff? Like, they need to get their heads on right. And um, right now, the Green Bay Packers are the biggest losers from, from week five. You got you have to look at them and say, okay, I had them as my number, what, three team in the league? Yeah, you moved um, them up to three this week. That, and that's, I, that's, just, that's just what I'm saying. From what we saw, from what we saw this, past, this past week, it's literally their three. And now they, they play in London. And it's like, yeah, anything is possible. But what we saw last week from the Green Bay Packers, we were talking about, okay, they can't – like the way they're winning games, it's not sustainable. And then it's like, okay, they come to London and they play the same way and prove that their winning is – the way they're winning is not sustainable. Uh, they're definitely it's just, one it's of those – You just can't – you can't expect to be considered a Super Bowl team and play yeah. the way that they're, they're playing. Yeah. So you said it's from the same game is – I'm assuming your winner is the New York Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's it's the New York Giants. Four and one, four and one. Like I, I don't believe it. I still don't believe it. But part of me has to buy into. If anything, the defense for the Giants is real, and Saquon Barkley is real. If anything, and um, I actually got a glimpse of Daniel Jones yesterday. And I was, this is probably the first time I've ever been really, really impressed with Daniel Jones. And not because he had a great day, because he gutted out a performance knowing he was banged up with an ankle injury. I mean, they kept showing the bloody hand and and, and all this stuff. Uh, That defense is carrying them and their offense is doing just enough to win. Just enough to win. And you, ha- you have to be impressed by that. You have to be impressed by the fact that they go and they know their, their backs are against the wall in the second half of that game. And they bring it to Aaron Rodgers. They, they scored 17 points in the second half. They held Green Bay to two. Two. Yeah. And that was the two points that they gave them. So yeah. I, I was just – I was really impressed by their performance. And you have to start taking them a little bit more serious. Now – do I think they're the Dallas Cowboys or, or the Eagles in that division? I do not. I don't. But yeah. they they have they have something that we talk about. They have that grit. They want. Well, on the they're, yeah, they're, on the talent level, they're on the talent level. They're not the 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 they're, they're on the talent level. Even in this game, like sure, this is one game they won. They're not on the talent level of Green Bay. They're not on the talent level of Tampa. They're not on the talent level of ninety of of a lot of the teams in the NFL. But it's what we talk about when we, we talked earlier on in the season about how there's no easy games. There's no easy wins for teams. And you, it goes to show how good of a coach Brian Dayball has been for this team. And it's not, he's not overthinking things. You're not seeing him. You're not saying everyone on this team seems to know their role, buy into the system. And that's what we talk about with good teams. We talk about that with the chiefs. We talk about that with, with all these teams that, you know, their system, 
they know it and they're buying in and that's the that's what is a, a difference maker in these types of games when you're matched up against a team that's clearly better than you and and you pull off the victory sure it's in london anything can happen in london but the the giants are hard to play against and it and will not be an easy win. you cannot look at them on your schedule and be like okay it's an easy win that's what it is it, it, the giants are going to be able to win a lot of these games and and when we talk about their game, I want to dive into their schedule and maybe reassess what their win total might be because they might win more than I don't want more than I don't want to give too much credit to Brian Dable here. I'm be honest. Um, their offense is not good. Their offense but, is not good. But, but what the let way? Me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Um, their offense is not good. Their defense, thanks to Patrick Graham who left, um, and now Wink Martindale who's there and continuing to have that defense fly around the football, even after losing a James Bradbury, deserves a ton of the credit. And I'm not saying Brian Dable does not get all does not get some credit, because obviously he's the head coach. We should give him some credit. But this is the same exact Giants team, basically, with a healthy Saquon Barkley. That's the only difference I see on offense, is Saquon Barkley is healthy. That is it. Saquon Barkley is that offense. If Saquon yeah, Barkley's hurt tomorrow, if Saquon Barkley's hurt tomorrow, are we not having a different conversation about the Giants? Because they would have a good defense and nobody on offense to go to. And Brian Dable couldn't stop that. That's, I guess that's my point is I don't want to, I'm not saying he doesn't get any, he's the head coach, but I'm not going to give Brian Dable credit for something that the Giants have been doing now for two and a half years, which is play really, really good defense. The problem is they have no offense and Saquon has been that offense and he continues to be that offense. And as long as he's there, He's gonna he's gonna be able to produce because he's Saquon Barkley. Dable yeah. is the leader of it all. He has them buying into whatever it is they're doing. But that defense is really where it's at. And Brian Dable is not a defensive coach. But the thing is, I, like I, I get it. That's and that's fair. Like the the defense. That's like giving Mike McCarthy credit today. No, I I get it. Shouldn't. No, I get it. I get it. That and that's that's fine. Like I, I get it on the defensive side of things. But we talked so much this season, this season alone, about coaches are just outsmarting themselves and not. Breaking news. We, we do this. Breaking news. Matt Rule is gone. Let's Matt go. Rule is gone. Let's go. Da-na-na, I was going to break. I, it's crazy because I was going to say this on morning headlines, but I didn't want to be that guy that jumps the gun because there was a report yesterday out that he was going to be fired today. But he's, he's done. So breaking news. The Carolina Panthers have fired head coach Matt Rule, who has gone 11 and 27 during his time in Carolina. Uh, assistant coach Steve Wilkes will take over uh, the reins in Carolina as their interim head coach. Uh, so Matt rule gone. Now I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to say this now. I'm going to say this now for the love of God, Baker Mayfield. If you suck again with what your sixth coach now, it's not enough about uh, enough about coaches being a problem with, with Baker Mayfield again. I don't, I don't know how Steve Wilkes is going to be with as a head coach. But this is again another an, what? Finish your thought, and then I'll respond. I, I don't know how he's going to be as a head coach. I don't care. This is it, Baker Mayfield. This is it. Okay, there's no Matt rules. Not the excuse anymore. You, you you just lost your last leg of your excuse. That's how. That's where I'm at. You good? <laughs> well, I mean, you've already seen Steve Wilkes as a head coach, Vinny. <laughs> He was the I head have coach not, of the Arizona Cardinals. But yeah, I have not seen him at, lately. It's different. Coaches can change, man. Coaches can change. 
What? He was just the head coach in 2018. And to be completely honest, I don't remember him in 2018. Like, my brain does not have, have the he recollection was fired. of that. He was fired. That's why. He was, yeah. Well, that's 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 how that Anyways. goes. Anyways, that, like, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, so uh, all I care about is whoever comes in, just make sure you get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. And, and it's funny, we're talking biggest winners. Now the Carolina Panthers, the biggest winner of week five in the NFL by firing yeah, Baker, Matt Rule. And Baker, Baker getting hurt and you get Matt Rule fired all in the same same weekend. That's great. What a Sunday for the Carolina Panthers, even though you lost. Uh, last, bit, last bit of news for this before we get into our recaps. Top performer week five, who you got? Oh, man. Um, whew. Top performer. I'm going to do it. It's Bailey Zappi. Yeah, I said it. I'm not looking at numbers. I'm going to say it again. It's Bailey Zappi. Did he not do exactly what Mac Jones would do? The man had a 100 quarterback rating. He threw a pick on a tip ball, by the way. Threw for a touchdown, 17 to 21, 188 yards. Bailey's happy. He did what he was supposed to do. He came in as a backup and he won the game. He played against a bad defense. Belichick, you knew Belichick would have that Detroit Lions offense stumbling. Um, I do think this is Ben Johnson met his match in Belichick and that Patriots defense and they, they struggled. But Bailey Zappi came in and got the win. He did what he was supposed to do. I'm taking Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots as my top performer. Yeah, that, hey, hey, honestly, you could have went, that... went to guys like Justin Jefferson and Stephon. Oh, yeah, hey, hey, top that. performer not necessarily is the guy who had a crazy statistical day. Top performer yeah. could be anything, and we saw. I mean, uh, uh, be it the Lions' defense is not great, and and uh, I was gonna say like what Kenny Pickett went up against in uh, for. Pittsburgh, you went up against Buffalo. He didn't have that great of a day. Like we're seeing these rookie quarterbacks come in struggling out the gate. Bailey Zappi did what he had to do, and he got his team the victory. Matt Again, Jones, against Bailey Zappi, same guy. I didn't see honestly when I watched that game, and we'll cover that in a little bit. Like honestly, I didn't see the difference. I did not, not see the difference between like especially the way the Patriots play. Actually, I did. I lied. I did see a difference. The one receiver that you needed to get going was Jacoby Myers. He's the best receiver on that team, and he had the best day of the receivers on that team. No more than like it's great to see one or two performances from Nelson Aguilar or Devontae Parker. Like it's great. They're not your future wide receivers. Jacoby Myers has the talent to be your future wide receiver, and he had that great day yesterday thanks to the Zapster Bailey Zappi, who is now 1-0 in his first career start as New England Patriots starter. Move over, Mac Jones. It's time for the Zapster. What a way to end that show. What a way to end that, the, the, that little bit right there. What a way. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time, breaking Maybe. down the Monday night football gate. We'll be back I mean, at some time tomorrow uh, talking Monday night football and breaking down Chiefs Raiders as well as talking waiver wires and fantasy uh, from week five. For my best friend, Aaron Mooks. That's wow, me. Kind of looks, like, looks like you have a ponytail. Wait, go down. Go back down. Move your head. Down. No, 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 no. Like you're, yep, yep. Keep going. Oh, whoa, whoa, go back up. Up, 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 up. Stop. Yep, you'll see it when you do the when you clip the video. Looks like look like you have a ponytail with Patrick Mahomes. You're there. an idiot in the show. For my best friend Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out.
we call a sack lunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.